You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7, and I'm Elsie. I'm Jonathan. And I am Erin, replacing Felicity tonight. Yes, we've got um, Erin in the studio. She is our producer. So everyone give her a big round of applause at home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't. Maybe don't. Thanks thanks for having me tonight, guys. I feel like I'm a guest tonight. I'm just just one of you guys. You guys have been carrying the show for the last three weeks, I must say. Yourself, John, Elsie and Felicity, I'm really happy with how you guys have gone, so... Aww. I've got lots of thumbs up Thanks. here. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> yeah, we feel uh, really privileged that we can be on this show. Um, I w- just want to say that it is a privilege to be on the Naughty Rude Show because um, it's not often that you get to do or have the opportunity to talk about sex and relationships as a young person without people looking at you weird. And luckily, because I'm on the radio, you can't look at me weird. Or if you do, I can't see you. So I can say basically the important things that need to be said. Isn't um, radio just great it's for awesome. everything? Radio is great, yes. Um, and tonight we are going to be talking about um, identity online pretty much. It pretty much summarises it all into one little package. Um, we're going to be talking about, I guess, how you portray yourself online, um, how others might see you online um, as opposed to reality. And also we're going to be doubling into Tinder and the dating world online as well a little bit later. Um, first up, though, uh, we are going to introduce ourselves to you. So I am Elsie. I am 23 years old. I'm in a long-term um, heterosexual relationship. And um, I think that's it. I always forget what there is to say. Oh, also, I identify as female. <laughs> you, you got it. You got it. Um, my name again is Erin. I'm 19 years of age. Um, I identify as a heterosexual female. And I am in a heterosexual relationship with a lovely young boy. Um, for two months now, so it's fresh. Ooh. It's very fresh. So don't say anything too risque tonight on the show. <laughs> oh, we're pre- we're pretty open with each other. We've known each other for quite some time. So oh, um, good. It's all good. It's just banter, really. It's just banter. That sounds good. So the key the key to a relationship yeah, is banter. Just bants. Yeah, bants. Nice. <laughs> just having a laugh. Have- nice. Nice. I'm Jonathan. I have. I don't. I usually don't have that terrible Australian accent. Um, I am single, I'm 25, and I identify as heterosexual and male. Wonderful. All right, so that is us, guys. If you want to introduce yourselves to us, then you can write to us at thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Send us all your thoughts, queries, questions, um, anything to do with identity online as well, because that is, of course, what we're going to be talking about tonight um, for the next two hours. So we might kick off to a song first of all, um, and then we will come back and answer some of your lovely questions. off with one of your songs, Jonathan. It's right. Henrietta and the Fratellis. Is that this one? is yeah, Henrietta by the Fratellis. Ah. Excellent English band. Lovely. All right, play that one for you now. This is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin ninety point seven. And we are back. You are listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 19.7. And tonight you are with Elsie, John and Erin. We are going to jump straight into some questions from you guys. You've sent some in to the Naughty Rude Show dot tumblr.com forward slash ask um and the first one straight off the bat is getting back together with your ex yes or no 
mm. guys. Well, I guess because we there's not a lot of um, context around the question, yeah. it's hard to pretty, answer. Pretty straightforward there, isn't mm. it? We actually have another one that's quite along the same line, so maybe we can tackle them together, get to the nitty-gritty of it. Um, the second one was, hey, Naughty Rude. Hello. Hello. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend and I are having a difficult time and are currently taking a break. Do you guys think this will happen? This will help us both get some space and give us some time to work on ourselves. What do we think? Well, as someone who has been through this sort of situation, uh, I can say there you are in a little bit of trouble, but there may be uh, a silver lining or there may be the sun on the horizon. I like using sun. Pun, light. Yeah. Anyway, point what I'm what I'm trying to say is that uh, when I was in a similar situation, we did not specify the terms of the break. Mm-hmm. And that was a problem because mm-hmm. what I thought was a break was just we're not talking to each other and we're still in a relationship. Um, and so you don't do anything with anyone else. This is a right. time to think about how you're feeling and what and what you're feeling and just work it out. And then we'll come back and talk about it later. Yeah. Uh, so they have didn't... clear boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They did not see it that way. Right. So they went off and they kissed other people. Yeah. Um, and that made me feel pretty bad. Yep. And then I was like, hey, so break's over. How you doing? And she was like, okay, so when the break was over, I'm feel like I should let you know that I did this. And I was like, what? That's not what this is supposed to be. Yeah. So what I'm getting to is when you do have a break or if you haven't already, specify what terms you're comfortable with. Even if you think, you know, this should be obvious, what's obvious to one person is not always obvious to another person. Now, that also being said, a break can be really good to spend time and think about who you are and what you want and whether or not this person is worth your time and which I would say that if you've already been in a relationship with them for however long, they're probably worth your time. And um, you should think about how you're getting into conflict and why you're getting into conflict and what exactly is frustrating you about your current situation. Find a good way to articulate that in a kind way and then bring that back and try and create a constructive uh, discussion where no one's blaming each other, but you're both trying to find solutions to what was making the other unhappy. Yeah, I agree with you completely, John. I think it's important to have the terms set, as you said, like in concrete, what you're allowed to do in that break, maybe even the duration of it if that's necessary. But I think first and foremost, you have to think about why that break's actually happening. Mm. Um, And of course, that's a situational thing. It might be like... um, something happened in the relationship or maybe you're just not feeling it. Um, Maybe you need some time to focus on yourself. Um, As long as you're aware of of that reasoning behind it and you're able to then tackle what the issue is in that time off, then I'd say the break's worthwhile. Mm. Um, But only if it's a productive time. You could take a break from someone and Mm. have had no progress and come back and it's exactly the same. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you definitely need to use your time wisely, I think. And also, like, stipulating how often you guys are allowed to talk or if you're allowed to talk at all or, um, like, the parameters of that space, like, in a context of, yeah, like, communication as well is really important, I think. Um, because, like, I don't know, you get – I can imagine you would get very lonely, especially if you've been with this person for a while and then you're no longer talking to each other every day or you're not spending time at the same house anymore or um, something along those lines. Um, yeah. Isn't that great, really though? You're, you're communicating during your off period of communication, isn't that – I think that's indicative there. If you really want to keep that 
um, that relationship yeah. going, then yeah. that like you're not going to miss that communication, and that shows how much you value that person, yeah. I guess. But it also shows you how much you rely on the other person, which isn't always a good thing. No, I mean, yeah. mm. being being self reliant is a very important thing in a relationship because. Mm. After all, we should all be responsible for our own happiness mm. and we shouldn't leave our happiness as the responsibility of our partners. Mm. Um, I know there are some people who like to say, look, if I'm not happy, it's partially your fault as well. But I believe that's a, a theoric. Uh, it's not a holistic. It's not a healthy approach to it because no. um, you're the only one who really knows everything that you desire. You may not necessarily know how to get to it or how to articulate it, but... Mm. Um, but you know yourself better than anyone else does. And therefore, that that's why you should be responsible for your own happiness. And if you realize that there's something that's going wrong in your life, you shouldn't put your partner responsible for making you feel good after it. Like, say you've had a hard day at work. Typical situation here. Hard day <laughs> at work. You come home um, and you you're, if you have to vent to your partner, it should be for the purpose of articulating how you feel and helping to think through it rather than going, I feel terrible, make me feel good. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's an important thing. So uh, in a break, that's something you should really think about is how you manage your own emotions mm. uh, despite your relationship. Mm. Um, and if you're able to come up with a good solution as to how you can survive on your own, then when you bring it back to a relationship, you'll be all that more resilient if your partner isn't able to deal with it and you need to deal with your own issues. And likewise, so the best, I, I would say that's the whole point and the best thing about having breaks mm. is to really reconsider how you manage your own emotions. Yeah, that opens up like a whole different can of worms as well, though, because like I would almost argue that like if you're in a committed relationship where you um, love and appreciate and like want to support that person, then being there for them when they're down and like helping them get through that is like an essential part of it. Like, oh, yeah. Like not... But obviously not being reliant on that person, but mm. expecting them as well to be there, I think, is almost a given. I think the reason that you're together is because you work well together in the first yeah. place. And, like, resilience is so important. You have to be able be able to be resilient in yourself, but you have to be resilient in the relationship because, you know, it's a two-way street. You've got to work together to achieve whatever the goal is at the end of the day. Mm. I mm -hmm. suppose the key message we're trying to say here <laughs> is that you should be a you should always try and support your partner but if you, for some reason you can't your partner shouldn't expect that support from you and likewise if you need support you shouldn't necessarily expect it or demand it from your partner mm. you should always be able to manage yourself mm. and that in the end will make your partner love you more because you will look more reliable and you'll look like a damn hunk when you come back <laughs> from me like hey yeah i got out of that Damn. Yeah, totally. The relationship complements you as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So self-reliance is sexy. <laughs> Snaps. Snaps. Heard it here first. Um, and what about getting back together with your ex? Well, again, it's um, it's circumstantial if you broke up for yeah. a good reason. Maybe cheating or something that is against your moral code, then maybe no. But of course, you've got to consider that and whether the person's worthwhile sacrificing a piece of that moral code in... I guess in my experience, um, if something like if something in the relationship just isn't working and you keep trying and trying at it, then you shouldn't try to force it. 
um, love should just come naturally and yeah. you should be able to link with this person and understand each other in a way that isn't going to detriment either one of you. Mm. Yeah, no, I totally agree once again. Um, <laughs> I think um, if there was, if you broke up like possibly some time ago and now like that's looking like a greener grass on the other side, um, there was a reason that you broke up at, in the first place. Um, but that's my personal opinion. Um yeah. yeah, actually, I would say say no unless you know the reason why mm. you broke up in the first place. If you don't know the reason why, you're definitely not ready for another relationship, mm. let alone with this person. Yeah. Um, and if you do know why, then have a serious con uh, conversation with yourself about it. I mean, you can talk to yourself and you'll look a little bit strange, but it's worth <laughs> it. I guarantee it. Self-talk. Um, Self-talk yeah. is great. Self-talk is great because... Um, as weird as it sounds, but people say you're insane if you respond to yourself, but there's a really good technique where you can try and look at yourself from the perspective of another person. And you can actually put roles on this person, a friend, a stranger, mm. your parents. And these are really useful tools to help figuring out how you look from the outside and how you actually, how your behavior changes depending upon how you feel. I actually... Um, I'm really use this technique a lot. I have a mm -hmm. whole council of people <laughs> in my head, like an old version of me who looks back at me and says, what sort of life do I want? How can I give this per... Anyway. I'm thinking like Mulan with Mushu. Yes. And he's like looking up at yes. the, the, um, the... Oh, ancestors. Yeah, the ancestors. Yeah. That's an entirely different historical, <laughs> wonderful thing. If you ever want to look into Chinese religion and history, there's more about that there. But I'm talking more about things like I have a part of my brain which represents, no, a part of my personality which represents the things that I don't like or when I get angry and then another part of me with of the things of when I when I want to be caring to myself and go, okay, if, if I were my own parent who loved myself unconditionally, what would I need to hear in order to get over this? What would I, what, but what also would actually be beneficial to my growth and development? Um, so, asking those sorts of uh, questions can be easier when you look at yourself from the perspective of another person. And going back to that, you should totally try and do some of this before considering getting back with your ex, because you may have been the reason why their relationship failed. Mm. And your ex might be trying to give you a chance because mm. they think you've changed. Mm. And unless you've looked at yourself from someone else's point of view, you may not have changed and you may not be a better person. Um, I think people sometimes forget to think about that, that like possibly they're the problem yeah. with the relationship and not the other person. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Self-reflection is really yeah. hard and yeah. self-talk is even harder. Yeah. But once you get the hang of that, then, you know, you smooth sailing. Yeah. I I was just want to uh, wrap this up. Just, um, when you do, uh, when you do have some sort of uh, hardship, it's very important to look at how you were a part of it and take ownership mm. of that situation and go, okay, so yes, these people made me feel this way and I responded this way and that was poor and I could have improved this way. This is how you become a mature, well-rounded person by this self, uh, sort of self-reflection. And it's not only attractive in uh, when you're able to do it, other people can see it and like, wow, this person's really centered. This is great. Um, but it makes you feel really, really good about yourself when you're able to do it. So I highly, highly encourage you to try some self-reflection if you're in this situation. Mm. 
And we just got very deep then <laughs> on the Naughty Rude Show. Um, That's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. Hey. <laughs> no pun intended there. No pun intended at all, but, yeah, we took it there. Um, <laughs> if you do want to hit us up with some more questions, head to the show.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or you can try and find us on Twitter as well. It's just at Naughty Rude, so pretty easy to find. Send us a tweet. Yeah. That being said, though, if you don't have an account for Twitter or Tumblr, you can still ask us questions on Tumblr without mm. an account. Yeah. And you can do it anonymously. Um, we got spicy meatballs randomly yep. once. The and other that day. was that, that caused us a nice little chuckle. Yeah, yeah made our night. Giggle. We're still talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously two about weeks it. later. <laughs> never gonna get old. <laughs> All right. When we come back after this song, we are gonna be talking about online identity and sexuality. So stick around for that one. Coming up now, uh, we've got sticky fingers with these girls. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. You are here with Jonathan, Erin and Elsie tonight and we are getting in deep about some identity issues now. Um, so I was watching this thing on ABC iView called Art Bites and um, the series is called The Glass Bedroom and it looks at the influence of uh, artists on Instagram, particularly artists or fashion fashionistas um, and it's the couple of episodes that we're focusing on tonight are a bit of a, um, a celebration almost of identity and expression of identity through Instagram, through social media. And I guess the questions that came up watching this were the sort of perceptions that we have of ourselves, not only through the mirror of, of Instagram, but, you know, in real life and whether these are the same and do they reflect. Um, some interesting points that I want to start off with brought up by Amy Louise, who's um, an artist on Instagram, she says um, some similar things to, like, women are being policed by social media platforms. Mm. Um, and that comes up particularly through her um, photos that she's posted. You may have seen there's a photo of her with the condom and it's filled yeah, with the milk. Yep, yep, I've seen that before. Yep. I'd watch this as well. Yeah. No, um, so she um, is in the the iView series that we were talking about, Art Bites, um, and she actually does um, – she goes to art school at the moment. She does a lot of sculptures, um, and a lot of them are depicting women's breasts, and she talks about them being like her babies as well. Mm. So she, like, poses with them and um, takes lots of photos with them and then posts these on her um, social media platform, mainly on Instagram, as we were saying. Um, and they're gorgeous. Like, the images are stunning and, like, very well curated and kind of, like, plays into the whole idea of, um, like, this curated image mm. and self that you produce online. But definitely talking about, like, the... And something that I feel has been quite a big issue in recent years is um, this policing of women's yep. bodies, as you were saying, Erin. Um, yeah, um, and something that I feel quite strongly about. But then there's always this like line of where like pornography is and where mm. um, art is. And I feel like it's, yeah, there's, it's quite a thin line. And, um, but also like, there's obviously massive differences as mm. well. Like clearly what she's producing is not anything to do with pornography, but when you're talking about it in like the broader context of like women's bodies online, like where do you kind of. Yeah. Draw I, I yeah. guess in that sense, it comes from wherever your perspective might lie. I mean, a mm. lot of people might identify with pornography as an art in itself because mm. it's, it's filmmaking, it's, yeah, it's creative in some sense. So yeah. um, 
Yeah, on that, on that note. I was going to say, I think there's an important distinction to make between nudity and pornography. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. And especially within the art realm, this is an important thing because mm. um, there's been a great history of nudity in mm. art mm. where it's just a form of an expression, expression of the body. And that's totally understandable. Yeah. But then as soon as it gets into... Uh, sort of sexuality within the art mm. realm, it turns a lot more weird and abstract. Mm. If you've ever seen Salvador Dali's work, um, you'll start to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, I think just even as time has progressed, we've kind of become a bit more sensitive about these things, for sure. particularly on social media. And the message that Amy tries to get across is that the body is not offensive in any yeah. way, shape or form. <laughs> And that's why she makes these sculptures that are just, just blatant like, breasts. Yeah. Like, and it's just like, I think it comes back to like the context that it's in as well, like how you're presenting it. Um, yeah. And it's really interesting. If you haven't seen them, um, check them out. They're super, super interesting. The second one was about, um, I've completely forgotten her name. Um, Same, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> it is, it's she, about a, she has a green hair woman. and yeah. she's beautiful. Um, <laughs> super eccentric and um, wears all these like bright bubbly clothes, um, plays around with a unicorn, I think, in one of the clips. Which it's, is awesome. Quite, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Great. She's living the life. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of goes into this like whole idea of, um, yeah, again, like how you express your body online compared to like real life. Um, and obviously she doesn't go around like dressed up to the nines all day, every day. But um, it's about exploring a different side of yourself as well, I guess, which mm. I find super interesting. Yeah, she makes a massive um, point of that. It's about being mm. expressive and creating content around that. But I guess at the same time, is that dangerous in that she's aiming to perpetrate herself as this artist and project her identity? And there's a few moments where she comes off as if um, she feels a bit unnormalized, you know, you know what mm. I'm saying? Um, how she identifies herself as a radically queer person. Mm. The fact that she would have to make a point of being a radical queer person in the first place. Yeah. Seem it just strikes um it strikes a chord with a me. bit jarring. Mm. Yeah. Um she does say though that she feels free in one context of the um of the f film that, that that's on iview. Um and that nobody in the sense that nobody knows you and no one knows your history in that space. It's just what you're projecting. So mm -hmm. there's no um, backstory to you. It's just how you choose to mm -hmm. be put out there, which I think um, is really appealing for this, like, day and age where I guess everything you can... Like, you can find out anything about someone yeah. pretty easily. Um, but in a social platform like Instagram where it's all photos and like hashtags and all the rest of it. I'm, I'm up with the lingo guys. <laughs> You're all over it. All um, over it. Well, yeah. I find it really interesting anyway. It yeah. is. It's interesting. I guess like Instagram is a bit of a space where you can be whatever you want to be in this sense, especially if you watch the work that these artists do. But is that then, I guess, is that different from projecting what your reality is? Is that, I guess that's what the um, the point I'm trying to get but across. That's it's what like the internet is today. Yeah, like is online identity then like almost an aesthetic, like yeah. that you can create and curate in this online world. I mean, look at anybody's Facebook page, and you don't like see photos of them like slouching on the couch in their yeah. tracksuits with like a bucket of ice cream, watching like Netflix for eight hours straight. Like they just don't put that online mm. um, because that's not. Like, it's not really appealing in... It's not what they want yeah, to project. Yeah, exactly. So you're only putting stuff online on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on whatever else you use that you feel like is attractive in one mm. 
way or another to um, people you want to date, friends, family, all the rest. Mm. Yeah. And what's important for a user is to understand that what someone's projecting is what they see as their best perception of themselves, mm. not actually their, their themselves' mm. actual, like, actuality. But I also, on that, I feel like that's quite a big insight into the person as well, because you're kind of maybe not getting an insight into who they actually are, but into the person that they idealise in yeah. their mind, which I think is really interesting. In fact, I studied um, psychology in mm. my marketing degree at uni. Well, I did a minor in marketing in which I studied um, s- uh, the psychological behaviour of consumers. Yeah. And they actually... Uh, so, if you guys... If you listeners aren't aware of how psychological marketing works, they actually break you down. Uh, each person is broken down into the various levels of self. There's your past self. There's your present self. There's your ideal self. There's your actual future self. There's your horrific future self. God. Yeah, which is basically... Like, whenever you, whenever they show a video or something where they're trying to make you fear the future mm. um, and they're doing it on a personal level, like, playing on you're that. going mm. to get fat mm. or whatnot, they're playing on your um, future... Like horrific worst, future. horrific future self. <laughs> um, but a lot of the time, they'll play on the ideal future self. Yeah. And so, when you see a picture of someone uh, on the television, you'll be like, oh, that person's attractive. Yeah. That person's smiling. That person's fit. That's what I want to be. That's the Coke ad, right? That's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the Coke ad or the iPod ad or the toothpaste ad or the yogurt ad yep. or the like every possible ad ever mm. they don't God, i want to be that woman with the fro dancing around with an ipod so much <laughs> you could totally do it you should do it um, uh, i guess I that couldn't. really like that's fascinating because then it brings up this whole idea of like are the ideas that we project that are ourselves are they coming from our unconscious mind like who we are as a person mm. or are they being imposed on us by media or outside sources i guess that's part of the reason why it can be so confusing growing up and trying to figure out who you are in, the, in this big bad world. Yeah, for sure. Where are all these messages? I would, I would say if you're like just getting into like um, Instagram and like social media in general um, and like, I don't know, working out like what you want to post, et cetera, et cetera. Um, some points I would like to make are you should never put anything into cyberspace, into the big wide world of the internet that um, you don't 100% stand behind and isn't, I guess, a true reflection of yourself. Yeah. That is, Definitely. yeah, yeah. If you're not comfortable with showing it to your grandmother, don't post it up. <laughs> That's my rule of thumb. That's the golden rule. My, uh. my, my if, if you aren't comfortable having a conversation with your grandmother to explain why it is the way mm. it is, then you probably shouldn't post it. Like, um, the, I've always had a, a silly uh, idea that I wanted to be make a an art exhibition that's super playful about genitals and dresses mm. them up looking like weird things. Like, mm. I don't know, use the fact that a male uh, flaccid penis looks like a trunk of an elephant mm-hmm. and dress it up like an elephant. Mm. Um, or something silly like that. Take, take, Make it really playful because ultimately you can ha- be really, you can be really playful with your bodies yeah, in sure. a way that is not sexual. Um, I'm there, man. I'm, where can I get tickets? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the, showing next week. <laughs> like if, if I was to uh, post a picture up on my Facebook about that, at least then I could go, look, there's some real thought behind this idea. Mm. Uh, probably half the people who see it would go, what the frick are you putting on here? Yeah. Um, but that being said, 
the conversation is important. And if you're comfortable with having that conversation with people, that's when you should post things. But yeah. if you're not comfortable having the conversation um, with, you know, grandmother or mm. someone else who means something to you or may potentially judge you, mm. um, be it your best friend, your principal of high school, mm. your current <laughs> whoever your your boss or whatever is, mm. if you're not comfortable with that, don't post it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, grandmother and also complete strangers you need to be thinking about because they're both on the internet. Oh, yeah. Even your grandma is. <laughs> complete strangers might actually find you interesting and decide yeah. that they may want to talk, talk to you and you may think that's stalking or you may think that's, you know, polite thing, a polite meeting. Well, well the people who run these social media accounts are... are strangers and yeah. i guess if they're policing the content that we're putting up is that is that's scary yeah for sure <laughs> a little bit sure. i guess because yeah like strangers are flagging things that you put on and then like they're being mm. taken down by somebody else it's yeah. something that you might think is acceptable someone else disagrees with and i guess that's the world mm -hmm. we live in not everyone's going to agree on everything but yeah it's even more present in this this little pocket of, of existence here. Yeah. Um, we are going to keep talking on this and maybe share our own little experiences with social media um, and that whole world when we come back, but we're going to throw to a song now. So coming up now, we've got Everyone's Giving Up by Sasquatch. You are listening to The Naughty Ridge Show on Sin 90.7. And we are now going to jump straight back into talking about identity online um, and kind of delving into our own little experiences, I guess. Um, I am a big user of Instagram. I actually have two accounts. Ooh, <laughs> so I guess that kind of, yeah, that plays into like the whole thing of like um, this curated self that I've kind of created and then just like I have just my everyday one that I only have with friends. Um, so one of them is kind of like a lifestyle. I guess it's like a bloggy type thing um, more than anything. But, um, yeah, the other one is more just funny things and, like, shit photos that mm. I have of myself and my friends, <laughs> which oh, is, yeah. Yeah, that's always fun. I, I had Instagram for, for ages, like, when it first came out I had it. But I just found that um, I wasn't using it. Um, I did have another account dedicated to pictures of my cat because she's just the most gorgeous thing alive on the planet and <laughs> you know she could have been one of those models in like yeah best friends pet shop windows but you know i actually love instagram accounts like that yeah that are just of like dogs or cats well or something. my 12 year old <laughs> sister runs it now which is probably for the best i've i've delegated it to her yeah but Passed yeah um as I was saying, like, I just never found I was using Instagram because I just don't have any photos. Like, my entire camera roll is just memes, and I feel like that's a reflection on myself as a person. Mm -hmm. what, what does that say about you? <laughs> Come on, enlighten us. She's a funny gal. Yeah. yeah? I, I, like, I like to have a um, um, just a little laugh here and there. She likes nice. a chuckle. I nice. need just, like, a, a temporary chuckle throughout the day at least, like, 20 times. Like, ha! And then I, I just get on with it, like... Memes are great, man. Do you still do you post them though, or like you've just got? I share them on, like if there's a really good one, I'll share it on Facebook. Yeah, and then my like if there's swearing in it or whatever, my grandma might call me up on it and go, "Come on, like, <laughs> what? Pull, what pull is your this? head in, pull your head in." But um, why do you need to swear? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just genuinely, I looked back in like my 2016 yeah. year of photos, and there's just like no photos of me, mm. and mm. I thought. Why is this? Why do I not take photos of myself? Is it just something that 
I don't know. I, just, I find the whole selfie thing quite interesting because yeah. even though I do have these two accounts, I like I am not a selfie taker at all. Um, I just kind of find it. I guess um, actually they talked about it in the glass house. Um, one of the girls they on, did, yeah. Um, in that video, talked about how like selfie is just like another name for self portrait, obviously, but how it's so accessible for everyone these days to like create their own image of themselves um but I just have never really got on to that whole thing I find it a little bit self-obsessive yeah Um, Yeah. and I know like to each their own and um yeah like you're very much entitled to take 60 million of Of yourself in half an hour go for it um but yeah that's just I've never really never really got on that ship yeah, I, I actually like the selfie culture a little bit. I mean, I find it a little bit narcissistic, but I also find it being a really fun way of going, hey, look, I was here, I did this fun thing, mm. and mm. I'm going to record it with a picture. Yeah. I mean, you could write it down, but uh, then other people don't necessarily get to see your smiling, happy yeah. face with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, cool and cute. That was me cool. trying to... Yeah, cool. 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 Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kawaii. I think um, some, that's something that people forget, though, is that, like, it's not a new thing. Like, it's just that it's more accessible now that we have, like, camera phones and um, all that kind of thing. Like, you can take yeah. one anywhere, whereas, like, before, people were still obsessed with themselves. They just yeah, didn't, they couldn't express it that easily. <laughs> it's just saturated online now with, like, content other people are sharing of themselves. And it's like, whoa, where's all this coming from? But it's always really been there, as yeah. you said. That's true. I mean, yeah. the amount of times people used to stare at themselves in the mirror... Um, as they got mm. dressed or in the morning or whatnot, it was there? It was still there. It just wasn't available all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, so we were still narcissistic in the yeah. sen- in the true sense because we we looked at narcissus was the uh, Greek hero that looked at themselves in the the river and then went, oh my god, I am a babe, and never <laughs> looked away and died, <laughs> died looking at themselves. If imagine if they could take narcissus could take selfies. Yeah, that'd be He'd bad. just be like, be so oh, bad. wow, I have one <laughs> selfie, two selfie, three. He'd just stare at his phone all day. And then he'd probably be like, if he had Facebook, he'd get notifications. He'd get distracted and be like, man, I could be taking this by the Eiffel Tower. I'm going to go around the world and take selfies of myself with every monument. Anyway. I think, no, I know where you're going. I was going to say Dor- Dorian Gray is like the perfect example of losing yourself in a self-portrait, quite literally. Yeah. yeah. Lost a face of his soul and eventually died. Yeah. So, you that's know. A, that's a good one because that's got magic in it and <laughs> yeah. I like magic. Like magic. <laughs> Magic's great. Yeah. Total tangent here, guys. <laughs> Very much it. a tangent. In, uh, yeah, do you use social media, John? I do. I have... I'm an avid Facebook user, but I don't yep. use anything else, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I can't be bothered because mm-hmm. I'm I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not entirely true. I'm not lazy. I just feel like I have more things that I want to do in my life than set up an Instagram. That and my phone camera um, also is really dusty. And so, whenever I take a picture, it's <laughs> like... A bright. Bit, bit hazy. Yeah, bright or hazy or none of that. And that just could be artistic, though. Yeah, totally. It could it's a filter. Be. But I, I actually, I don't generally take pictures of myself yeah. much, and sometimes I wonder why I don't. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time, I think it's because when I'm in the in a good moment and feeling good, all I want to do is appreciate the moment without mm. needing to take a photo yeah, of it. I totally appreciate um, that, yeah. While the, some people were like, oh, yeah, no, let's capture this moment mm. by taking a selfie. Yeah. Mm. Um, not because I have any particular, like, online policy. Mm. Uh, and I'm lucky. I'm going to point out here, I'm a white male. I have a ridiculous amounts of privilege mm. um, that is, like, 
I completely acknowledge that I have this privilege and I think it sucks that everyone else doesn't have this privilege. Mm. Um, so I just want to mention that while I can yeah. here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, because some people uh, will post up a picture of themselves and people will be like, oh, that's beautiful. And other people will be like, you suck. And yep. because you look ugly because of this, or I'm going to point out this other fact thing that you have. And I can, uh, that doesn't happen to me. Or if it does, I can roll it off my back. It doesn't happen a lot. Mm. Um, while there are, I'm going to say this as a more general rule. If I were um, a female, mm. there would be far more people who would be more likely to make nasty comments like mm. that. Um, or, you know, uh, with my friends, though, typically it's, you look so beautiful and pretty. Um, <laughs> How do you feel about good. that whole culture as well? Though? I actually like this. Mm. It's pretty much just like like you're posting a picture to be gratified in yeah. that sense. Yeah. I would say that's, that's also dangerous. But that yeah. being said, we already do it. Yeah. We would be doing it if we were at a party or whatnot. Um, yeah. At a social occasion, you dress up partially because you want to make an impression. Mm. Um, what is different though is that people leave comments for everyone else to see yeah. on a social platform whilst at a party someone can make it sort of discreetly um yep. well i suppose they could send you a message if they really wanted but the, the, <laughs> across the room the, ding. yeah exactly <laughs> the, the point is that if some someone may not even notice you at a party while on yep. facebook it literally gets put up on everyone's news feed and they have to scroll yep. through it they can't just ignore it unless you have a stupidly small time like attention yeah. span. Well, I, I actually don't really use Facebook. I only use, this sounds weird, but I use Facebook for work because like a lot of people that I communicate with, I communicate with through Facebook. So I literally just use it for like, like volunteering slash work things. Yeah. Um, and Instagram is like my main like outlet, I guess, in a social media sense. Um, I actually, a bit of context, I did photography in university, which is probably why I like that platform as opposed to Facebook. Um, but yeah, I just find like the creative side of it is really cool because like the main aspect is just an image. Mm. Um, and it gives you like a greater license, I think, to be creative in that context. Um, one example though of like, um, I guess, censoring which happened in the past was I did um, a few projects with a girlfriend of mine and we went out and did some semi-nudes and nude photography on the beach. Um, and it was like a really artistic, like some of the images were absolutely stunning, but we couldn't share them anywhere yeah, sure. because we knew that they would get taken down in like a split second, which is really frustrating when you're an, an artist and like wanting to operate in... Um, the media in a way that's like accessible to a large range of people because like you just can't do it in mm. that context yeah yeah well I'm not an artist myself but you know I can imagine being mm. told you can't do something that you really yeah. want to do and you know just something that you've created isn't allowed to go up because it might offend someone yeah I feel like that's not really fair yeah which is an interesting point because there's a lot of uh discussion particularly in politics about how we are becoming so easily offensive mm. and offended sorry um and how that's actually taking away from our culture. But I, yeah. I never thought about that in, in this particular context. Yeah, it definitely limits, like, the, the your ability to, like, spread ideas and, like, mm. like, just beautiful things as well. Like, I am fully an advocate that, like, the female form and the male form, to some extent, are very beautiful. Um, <laughs> I would agree that both of these forms are beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's a shame that, um, yeah. I feel like another... Another idea coming through here is like 
you shouldn't let someone's comments on your work or any image mm. that you put up deter you from doing that or or maybe as you know as we were saying before you get your friends who like egg you on if you post on a good photo it's like mm. that culture of oh sweetheart you look gorgeous and like mm. you expect that gratification either way i don't think you should expect a reaction mm. um mm. i guess it's difficult isn't it because if you're an artist i guess that's kind of what you're looking for you want to create a reaction with your work and you want people well, to well it's not so you. much like a reaction just like a conversation like that's well, what yeah, art does yeah I guess. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess in that way it makes more sense. Um, Sometimes you want to, you may not want to elicit a specific reaction. You want to see what the what happens. window yeah, of exactly. reactions are. Yeah. Because um, you it's might be like... more like an experiment. Exactly. Yeah. Like, for example, if you throw an egg at an orange surface, that's pretty weird. <laughs> and someone might go, wow, that's so artistic. And another person might go, wow, someone pays you to do this? <laughs> this is an incredible waste of time. Yeah. Um, or someone would be like, oh, no, this really represents, like, how how life is smashed it's so quickly scattered. in an instant. <laughs> Spread so yeah. thin. And you're like, yeah, this is that that's kind of cool. Let's look at the reactions. But then I think what we are worried about here or sad about in this instance is um, the death of something beautiful or meaningful at the cost of not offending someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a legitimate point um, that we should consider. And uh, I think this is the reason why websites like Instagram are important. Mm, um, totally. That because there are places or there are websites where you can do this sort of thing and you're not going to get taken down and people can appreciate the beauty of the human form yeah. without going, yeah. hey, this is porn, we should take this down. Mm. Um, that being said, I also would like to implore people who make porn to do more <laughs> of this beautiful stuff and not just throw performance in our faces and make us think like that's all that matters yeah um Mm. but you know i've always i always try and throw my two cents in when it comes to pornography but anyway (laughs) um our thoughts on the matter um anything else on social media guys um anything else you want to add snapchat is kind of i guess that's even a way for a lot of people to express themselves that platform and um you see a lot of entrepreneurs using snapchat like kylie jenner comes to mind um I guess even there, it's like we need these mainstream platforms to be accessible in every way, shape and form for whatever the intended purpose is, I believe, anyway. Um, we, if you would like to ask us any questions relating to identity or, um, any social media things that you might be, um, wondering about, chuck us a question at the naughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. And of course we are on Twitter as well at Naughty Rude. What have we got all right. coming up? I've got a good one for you all. It's Duran Duran with Girls on Film. Ooh, I love Duran Duran. Same. <laughs> All right, let's go to that now. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show. We're going to jump into some questions from you guys now. If you did want to shoot us one, um, you can head over to the thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask and um, also hit us up on Twitter at Naughty Rude. Um, first one is um, very much on topic tonight um, from Anonymous, as they always are. I feel a little lost. How can I find myself and figure out who I am? Oh, well, very deep. Yeah, you've, I guess there's lots of elements to who you are as a person, be it in your identity, how you identify, be it in your relationships, in your sexuality. So, you know, you're not one sole entity. You're yeah. like a hybrid of things. Yeah. And also, I would say, like, um, 
wait, no, didn't know where I was going with that one. Yeah. Uh, but, like, no, what I was going to say was lots of people don't know who they are and will never really know, like, who they are and, like, how they fit into the world. But, like, they manage to have fun and, like, connect with people and mm. um, enjoy their time here and explore new things and try new things. And I guess that's what makes life worth living. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes when you do find out who you are, you're like, man, I'm not as good as I want to be. And you can change it if you yeah, really want to. For sure. Um, uh, we were actually talking earlier in the show uh, about ways you can do this. I have my own method. Yeah. Um, and, well, actually, this is this is more like a process to happiness, which will hopefully let you find yourself. But I would implore everyone to try and get to know themselves uh, as the very first thing. Um, and what knowing yourself actually means is to know what what thing take note of the things that you like but mm. also no, take note of the things that you are afraid of take note of the things that you want to achieve mm. take note of the things that uh, make you feel sad uh, and all of these things together will help you figure out what you want and who you are yeah. and once you know what you want and who you are then you can start the process to becoming uh, a more emotionally resilient person yeah. um so, maybe asking yourself those sorts of questions, like, what what do I actually want? Mm. Or maybe write down a list of all the goals that you've ever achieved um, and or not achieved, the ones that you've always wanted to to achieve and go, why did I have these goals? What is it about them that make them exciting? Mm. And that might help you figure out who you are. Mm. Um, as to figuring out who you are sexually, uh, that can probably take a partner. Mm. Um, and sometimes... I, We've said earlier in the show that looking at pornography is a partic- is a way that you can help figure out what you like and what you don't like. Mm. I would also say, um, if you can, avoid pornography um, too much because mm. it's a dangerous... It's a very, very slippery slope. Yeah. Um, and also, it's not a 100% reality either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't want to get all your information from there. No. Just benefit. And sometimes you only discover things about yourself when you're with a partner. Exactly. Like... Yeah. Um, I never figured out that I liked biting until uh, I experienced that with a partner. I was like, oh, what was that? <laughs> and she was like, oh, you've never done that before? I was like, no. Um, yeah, do you want to do that again? <laughs> right and, here. <laughs> yeah, like, like just, just have a go. And she was like, yeah, sure. And it worked fun. It was fun. Um, but I, before that, I was like, no, this is not something I would like. That sounds painful. Ugh, mm. Why would you do that? Um, so... Being playful, but also being playful with someone who you respect and doing it outside of pornography is a great plan. Like, I know that... uh, Oh, and also imagining things. Imagining things is great because when you imagine something, you can... Your brain sort of goes, ooh, I'm getting worked up about this in your head. It's not like just watching a screen and it does weird things and goes, let's take this some other place. And it sort of, it yep. plays around. And yep. then you're like, oh, wow, I have fetishes I didn't yeah, necessarily exactly. realise about. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, or you can realise that you're just a boring old romantic like myself. <laughs> um, but that's fine too. <laughs> um, I personally, I'm a big believer in um, meditating as a form of connecting with yourself. And I'm a big believer in um, acceptance and diffusion as a... Um, oh, as a, like a mechanism to figure out what your thoughts are. Um, I've suffered from anxiety and depression for a long period of my life and diffusion and acceptance has been a huge part of me coming to terms with my thoughts about who I am and what I feel comfortable with in different situations. So 
that, of course, manifests in me- in meditation for me. So even just taking out five minutes a day just to breathe and sit with yourself and feel comfortable about mm. who you are mm. and just like just to feel that you're still breathing. Like in those times where you're feeling lost and overwhelmed and you're not sure who you are or where you're going or what you're doing, just take out five minutes and just feel yourself breathing. And, you know, you'll I promise, like if you keep practicing it, You'll feel invigorated. And if you're not good at meditation, I think an important thing to take from that is forgiving yourself. That um, forgiving yourself is, uh, for, yeah, forgiving yourself is really important because if you find something in yourself that you, that you don't like, then, and you don't forgive yourself, you're going to be holding on to that for the rest of your life until you find a way to go, hey, I'm human, I make mistakes. I'm awesome sometimes and I'm going to love myself for when I am awesome. Um, and cause you know, that's the sort of person I want to be. And if you're constantly holding on to the things that you don't like, you're not going to give yourself an opportunity to be awesome. So love yourself and forgive yourself without, without knowing yourself, you can't forgive yourself. Um, <laughs> and, for days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And without forgiving yourself, it's going to be really hard to love mm. yourself. And when you love yourself, you look really attractive. You do. Hey. You do. And have fun. Like, experiment with who you are as well. You don't have to be a set person, especially when it comes to your sexuality. Don't feel limited in any way from what you've seen or what you, like, as you were saying, John, like, what you think is what you'd be into. Just have fun and go for it. Um, I guess if this conversation has brought up anything for you, you can contact Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800, and Lifeline on 131114. All right, we are actually going to change track quite dramatically right now <laughs> and go to our next question, which is My penis is slightly bent when erect. Is this a bad thing? Should I be worried? If yes, how do I fix it? Um, first off, um, you would actually be surprised at how many penises are slightly bent when they're erect. Um, it's definitely not uncommon um, to any extent. Um, so if it's only slightly bent, I guess I wouldn't be concerned Um the only place you would um, start to worry is if it's starting to hurt, um, if it's interfering with having sex, if you are sexually active, um, and yeah, I guess if it's interfering in any way with like with your that, life, yeah, yeah, with your life, yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd also like to mention here that most penises are at least slightly bent mm-hmm. in some fashion. Mm. Um, having any like a ruler straight penis. Very, very uncommon. Also looks very weird. It does look very <laughs> weird. Too perfect. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would even say that it's perfect. I would say mm. like... Um, Not perfect in the sense that yeah. that's the ideal penis. Perfect as in symmetrical. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm very systematic in, yeah. in the way I think about sex. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I was just say, look, if you're feeling concerned about the shape of your penis um, and you are sexually active but it doesn't hurt... Keep in mind that there's lots of different positions you can try out in sex Definitely. and that your penis might be awesome mm. in some situations. Mm. Like, yeah, exactly. When, like, your penis is a little bit curved depending on which way it is, like, you can always play up on that and just hit that right spot. <laughs> yeah. So don't feel self-conscious about a bent penis. And if someone else gives you shit about your bent penis, don't listen to them. You can always find an interesting way of playing around with it. In fact, that's, that's half the thing. We should not be feeling self-conscious if we are playful enough we will find ways to use Mm. this to our benefit and that is pretty hot Mm. because then you're like yeah 
I might have a bent penis, but I'm going to make you feel so damn good. You're going to wish every man's penis was bent like mine now. <laughs> um, we were saying before as well, just before the break, that um, if it is possible to break your penis, so um, just be careful of that as well. It doesn't sound like this um, person has broken his penis, which is yeah, I think a very be a little thing, bit more but, of um, urgency, yeah, a little bit more, and obviously it would hurt, so you would know. <laughs> yeah, if you do. If you are worried, if your if your penis breaks or bends halfway through penis uh, through sex, um, then but you may have potentially broken your penis. Um, and if if that does happen, stop having sex. Um, don't continue. Don't continue. <laughs> um, call an ambulance and go to hospital. Uh, the if you actually are interested in how the penis works, which I know all males to at least some extent are because it's kind of cool that you can have this small dangly thing that is fun to poke that eventually becomes this like long hard thing. And you're like, whoa, this is weird. It's like every male's first and favorite bath toy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so if, if you're interested in it, the, act- the way that the penis actually uh, becomes erect is through blood and blood flows into these really... Um, especially at uh, least really tightly built special capillaries that basically make two rods um, either side of the uh, or either side of the penis. And the reason why some penises are bent is because one rod is longer right, than the other. Right, right, right. Um, so that when it's flaccid, it doesn't look like it's going to go out of shape, but then it, it will change that. But that's okay. Um, anyway, so if you, you can break them, um, and because they're filled with blood, oh, it will cause no. internal bleeding in your penis. And it'll also cause, um, like, semi-flaccidness. So, part of your penis will lose blood and other parts of your penis will not, oh which will God. cause a weird shape, which will make it hurt even more. That's yep. why it's really important not to continue having sex yep. because you want all of, the, all of the blood to go out if possible yep. to prevent further damage. But- Please don't stress that this will happen no. to you. I'm, yeah. I really must stress. I yeah. don't think it's... I don't even have a penis and I'm crossing my legs Yeah, right I'm now, feeling so. a little bit painful. I can, I can feel it. But, you know... Um, it's okay. I- just just, just uh, as soon as you can, think of something that's not sexy. Get the blood <laughs> out of there. You can actually... Speaking of meditation... If Meditate. You're, yeah. If you're Meditate. ever interested, there are meditations that you can do that can help you reduce an erect penis. This was something that... Monks taught their students so that they could help control their sexual oh, urges. Yeah, that's really um, cool. And I uh, have figured out one that I use, which basically I imagine breathing air in through that area where my penis mm. is in. And what that encourages the blood to do is to flow out of that into the rest of my body. And I can actually control it now, which is really, really cool. Because, like, sometimes when you're, like, lying in bed with a really attractive lady and you've just had sex and it doesn't go away, it can hurt in the night, especially in the morning. And it's just, it's been there the entire time. You're like, fuck. So, (laughs) doing this meditation could be beneficial to you. Yep. So, I know there aren't that many issues with having a penis, but that is one, just in case you guys didn't know. Yeah, I'm I'm sympathetic for you now. Yeah. Lots of insight tonight. (laughs) I'm sure that, I'm sure we must stress, though, that breaking your penis is, I'm... I don't think it would be common. No. no. Okay. Um, yeah. avoid, so- avoid reverse cowgirl. That is, <laughs> and, and trampolines. And trampolines. And, trampolines. <laughs> and having sex on hard surfaces. All really? of those things. Really? Yes. There was a. Th- I actually listened to an interview about. Because oh, there's no like, um, you can't like go back. There's no any rebound. Further, yeah. Well, for example, what happens if someone uh, changes position suddenly and then sits on you, sits on it? Oh. It, there was. Uh, 
a celebrity that was doing this interview um, I heard uh, on the radio, actually, funnily enough, a wonderful uh, media that is radio, and he was talking about how he broke his penis. Mm. And this is one of the reasons why I know a lot about the subject. Um, and they're like, oh, so how do I get women in Australia? I don't know anyone. And mm. so they, they hooked him up with a lady who was doing that, and he broke his penis um, in uh, whilst having sex on the kitchen floor. Um, yep. which was tiled, which they thought would be great because it'd be yep. easy to clean. Mm-hmm. Not a good decision. Nope. Um, but he was then uh, was very thankful for the Australian healthcare system because yep. they called the ambulance, <laughs> they got into hospital, um, and it was very, very easy for him to pay for it and make sure that it was all covered. So yeah. good. So there you go. Be careful, everyone. Don't break your penis. Yeah. <laughs> safe sex. <laughs> Definitely safe sex. Um, we're going to throw to another song now, but when we come back, we uh, have got our international sex myth segment and also getting into some um, identities online when using um, Tinder as well. So coming up now, guys, we've got The Sun by Maroon 5. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. You are with Elsie and John and Erin tonight, who is filling in for Felicity. Um, this is actually our last night together, guys. Aww. Yeah. We've got a new team coming in for you next week, which is going to be fun and exciting. Um, and, yeah, looking forward to it. Going to be tuning in to see what they've got got ready. See if they can top you guys. It's going to yeah. be a hard act to beat. I'll tell you now. <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure they'll be fine. And the good news for you as a listener is they'll come up with other interesting experiences and hopefully mm. useful insights that you can tune into. Exactly. Like a completely different take, I'm sure, on like our thoughts and experiences as well. So lots of lots more stories coming your way in the weeks to come. And keep asking questions. Lots yeah. of them. Lots of questions. We love questions. <laughs> Particularly when they're about spicy meatballs. Particularly <laughs> the spicy meatballs, for sure. Um All right, this next segment is our weekly segment, which we've been doing on international sex myths. And this one actually comes from right here in Australia, in um, the northern part of the country, where the Tiwi people believed in something called dreaming, um, which I'm sure everyone's kind of familiar with um, from dreaming tales um, in Indigenous culture. Dreamtime stories. Dreamtime stories, that is correct. Um, But in this instance, it's a sort of parallel world where where you could travel through and there are three planes of existence and pretty much the father would go into this um, dreaming world and dream up um, the child that he was going to give to the mother. But the twist is that the mother wouldn't actually have to have sex with this said father. Um, She would just have to be his wife. So very, very interesting there. The Tiwi people actually got married off quite early in life. So pretty much from the time they're born, they're given a husband and that's who will be the father of their children, whether or not they actually have sex with them or not. (laughs) Um, So the article pretty much just said, like, the children come into being when they're dreamed by the father and then they somehow crawl up inside the mother's vagina and camp out there for nine months um, for a sleepover. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how they sum it up. You know, this totally expresses wet dreaming in a whole new dimension. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, that makes sense. The sperm goes on the ground, the, it crawls into the <laughs> earth, it goes into the chills of the Aboriginal ancestors. They'd be like, hey, man, you need to go into existence. And it goes, okay, cool. And then it goes up and, yeah, and then it camps out in its mum's vagina for nine months and then goes, hey, I'm going to exist now. 
Yeah, it is really cool, actually. And I also like the idea that, like, a women aren't, I mean, although they're married off quite early, they're not, like, possessed over by their husbands because women actually tended to have sex with quite a variety of men in this culture. Um, although they weren't the fathers um, in their mind of the child, they more than likely definitely were. <laughs> See, I feel like there's some things in there that we think are questionable, but then at the same time, that's that's their culture. And then yeah. it, it comes down to what your culture believes and even religion to an extent. Yeah, um, yeah like... Some things that are strange to us might not be to another culture, so it's just something to be mindful, I think. Mm. Yeah. I think what's interesting about this particular setup is that the f- the father or the father role or figure is the person who is married to the lady regardless mm-hmm. as to whether or not he's the biological father of the child. Mm. I think this is quite a good setup because it For means sure. that yeah. the father can be proud of mm. any child that comes along yeah. um, and also is happy to accept the responsibility of it even if they aren't necessarily yeah. the physical procreator. But they just all automatically, like, see that child as... And I, I think this plays into, like, if we're talking about Western culture and, like, um, Australian culture more broadly, like, how step families interact with, like, their children. Mm. And I think this is, like, a brilliant example of, it like, is, how yeah, it should totally. go down. Yeah. It's yeah. totally accepting and it's just it seems like it's just this all-loving environment yeah. of everyone... Yeah. We're all God's children or well, that sort of thing. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't go so far as to say that's necessarily the case because I bet there were situations where... Well, true. And, and mm. they undoubtedly were because different Aboriginal tribes tribes fought amongst each other mm. um, and they had some really complicated social interactions. But what I like about this system is that if you're a homosexual uh, Aboriginal tribesman, mm. you can get married and you can still have yeah, a exactly. son or daughter... Yeah. Um, that you can say, this, this is, is my, my child yeah. um, and not have to worry about the social implications of mm. not getting your um, wife pregnant. Yeah. It's um, almost like two different um, worlds, I guess. Like you have your, your family unit and like the people that like love and support you in that sense. And then you have like your sexual identity as well in another sense where like you go off and do things that are fun sexually and get to explore that side of yourself um, mm-hmm. a little bit separately. What would be interesting though, is there is a biological tie for a father and mm. their child, um, which is formed not only during sex, but mm. after mm. Uh, childbirth. And if, I would worry about this particular system only because if you are the biological father, how would that affect the social situation? Mm. Because but they just like, wouldn't know, like, I would assume. Like, if this is what they believe, then they wouldn't assume that it's the person you're having sex with. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, but maybe because what I'm worried about is the chemicals. Inside the, the person's chemicals. brain, right? <laughs> the maybe, maybe they'll just be like, "Well, I feel an attachment to this child yeah. because they look like me." But that must have been what this person dreamed up, and therefore that's why mm. I'm attached to this child. Mm. But yeah, interesting way of dividing roles. Yeah, for mm. sure, super interesting. Um, all right, we are going to chuck to another quick song now, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about t- uh, not Tumblr. <laughs> But if you would like to uh, get to us on Tumblr, it's thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. But actually, after the break, we're going to be talking about Tinder um, and identity in this little funky app that's cropped up in the last few years. Um, So stick around for that for sure. But what is the song that we have got for our juicy listeners? We have a song called Now I Know by, uh, by Clara Zubonja. She is an, a, a Melbourne-based artist. 
She's actually quite new. She only released her first album in uh, 2016. Uh, so she's, and she's really good. So I hope you like her. We'll get uh, around it, guys. Yeah, Now I Know by Clara Zubonja. Uh, what a groovy little tune. That was dug up by you, wasn't it? Yes, John? it was. I found it in a box filled with CDs because um, it's sin. We have a box filled with CDs um, that play has some pretty cool stuff in it. And yeah, it's just basically Australian artists who want to give us their music. So um, cool. And one of the juicy perks of being a volunteer at Sin. Yeah. <laughs> um, you are listening to the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. Um, and tonight you are listening to Elsie, Aaron, and John. You needed your name to start with E tonight, I think, John. I know. Yeah. E John. E John. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to go into a segment now where we're going to be talking about Tinder, but also other online. Uh, dating resources and but more openly about how your brain is affected by dating it, everyone knows that getting rejected feels kind of dodgy and you can go through a phase where you're like oh man I don't feel very good about myself um, and then eventually you'll talk to your friends you'll rationalize it and you'll start feeling okay again you'll be like yeah maybe I'll try dating out again well, at least that's what it was like before online dating came around mm. and everything became instantaneous. So, I'm just going to start this off a bit where by talking about when the best time to start dating is. I, t- I like to think that people are most attractive when they're feeling confident, they have an interest in others, and they're feeling sensitive and aware of other people's well-being. And when you first start dating, you usually have all of the above. Um, it me- But it's not usually the case after rejection. Rejection makes us feel lousy, and when this happens over and over again, we can't start to question what we're doing. Uh, We begin to question our self-worth as we probably may be doing something wrong, even if we're not. We may just be unlucky. And this can cause some problems, because we begin uh, looking for someone who can make us feel better about ourselves, and rather than looking at someone who's lovely and someone that we want to date, we start to lose patience and confidence in ourselves and the system, and we stop trying to discover people who we actually want to be with. We start looking for someone who is just going to make us feel good about ourselves. Mm. And that's a problem. Uh, this is, happens has happened all the time, but it is highly exacerbated by online dating. The main reason is we see thousands of profiles of um, people who are, you know, pretty cool. Mm. Um, and that makes us less likely to invest in getting to know someone um, holistically, mm. uh, particularly after a poor interaction. That means that if you basically only get one chance online to make an impression and anything after one chance is creepy, which isn't <laughs> actually that that normal if you think about it. Yeah. Like, imagine... Go, imagine Breaking away from an online situation. Mm. Imagine you're at a party mm. and someone makes a fool of themselves and you go, oh, oh man, they're terrible. I would never go out with them. But then a week later, you have a conversation with them somehow. Or and even you realize, on the same night, I feel. Yeah. Like, you could come yeah. up and be like, I'm sorry, I was a dick before, but like, hey, this is actually me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I was nervous. You were pretty blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Well, on, on a, an online platform, you would be dead. Yeah. You'd be like, no, never going there ever again. They wouldn't read your message again. No, they'd just be like, blocked, gone. Mm. Um, And that's a a problem because it actually prevents us from trying to really learn about who the person is. 
And also, we don't forgive the, uh, another person's faults. It's so easy to check out these online profiles that it sort of becomes habitual. Um, we forget to ask ourselves if we should be dating at all um, when this, this happens. So, before we use, yeah, and I also explained that before we used online dating, uh, you'd have to talk to your, you'd have time to talk to your friends between opportunities of meeting mm, someone new. Yeah. And you might only have, say, a handful like m- probably no more than five people who you're interested in at once. Mm. And that's manageable. Mm. Um, and it would take, uh, if there was a rejection between any of them, that would take time to do that and you'd have more ruminating time. Um, but because online dating is instantaneous um, and you can get that emotional validation from it, you also run the same issues as Facebook, mm. which is that it can be addictive. And when it becomes addictive, you lose your search to find a meaningful, meaningful partner, a partner. And you also start to become selfish because you're starting to rely on another person paying attention to you to make you feel good. So I suppose we should be, what I'm trying to get at is we should be aware of ourselves and whether or not we should be dating mm. when using online dating. Um, and that you should be trying to uh, figure out if you are doing it just to find someone to love you mm. or whether or not you're doing it to find someone who you can love. Someone even just to compliment you mm. in that sense as well. Like I think that point you made about addiction is is really interesting to me because I think that instantaneous, uh, the, just the way that mobile technology is, is such it's, like yeah, gratification, isn't it's, it? It's hormonal. It's releasing endorphins that make you instantly happy. And then if that's how you view dating then I guess how can you maintain a long-term sort of plan to approaching dating and longevity within yourself and how you um, build resiliency around that? Like, mm. Mm. I would say that a lot of the time when you are in a situation where you're feeling terrible um, and you're not, you, it's quite easy not to realise that you've lost interest in finding out who someone is and that because you, you're still looking, you're still doing all the things that a normal person would do with one exception you're probably not sending messages and you're probably, if you are sending messages, you're probably not asking the other person questions about who they are. Um, and the reason why I bring this up is a bit of a sad case for me. I had a date two weeks ago mm. uh, organised with someone who I met online who seemed really cool, like ticking all my boxes. We had some good conversation and they cancelled on me. And then I tried to reschedule and they were like, I'm sorry, uh, I think we're too busy. I'm not interested in hanging out with you anymore. Um, I'm going to delete you off Facebook. Um, uh, I mean, we'll not just unfriend you. Sorry, mm. unfriend you. So, wait, had you met them before? I had. See, that's the thing. I messaged them once, and then I was sitting um, on a tram, and they sat next to me. That's and super weird. I was like, "Oh, Hello. I've seen you before." Um, and I'm like, hey, that, that book seems kind of interesting. So I sent them another message afterwards because I didn't want to seem creepy saying, hey, I know you from a dating website while I was on the tram. <laughs> um, but I was like, hey, because I also spoke to them on the... Uh, I was also speaking to my mother on the phone at the time, so they probably overheard my conversation. And I was like, are you reading this book? Were you on this tram? Because I was totally sitting next to you. And I offered them a seat next to me. Mm. So, like... Um, and that was when our conversation started. Oh, um, okay. And that was really cool. Yeah. We, we yeah. were getting uh, getting to know each other, and I thought things were going really well. But after a certain point, she stopped asking questions about me. Um, she also seemed like she was not having the greatest time of her life. 
Um, but she kept up the conversation a bit, but didn't want to pursue. Just a bit of a like yeah. polite report. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'd say that it's important to be transparent about how you're feeling. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you are in a situation like that, don't feel obligated to send someone back a message if you're suddenly not interested in them anymore. Yeah. Um, that being said, she was nice enough to be transparent with me and saying, look, I'm, I don't think we're going to work out, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah. But I'd also say that if... It, she may have been in a situation where she was looking for someone mm. to make her feel good and was no longer interested in me. Because mm. um, I know that because I've been in that situation and it's quite a... It's a sad situation to be in. You sort of got to break away from the whole online dating thing. Yeah, I think it's just dangerous because you, you run the risk of falling into that routine of having a gap that you just eternally feel like needs to be filled by someone else. And also yeah. I feel like it's dangerous, like not that I've... I haven't really had much... Ex- I haven't had any experience in online dating, um, but I feel like from an outsider looking in, it would be easy to fall into like the trap of if you do actually find someone that you connect with on um, a deeper level and like you're having a really good time with them, you still want to keep your options open because like it's so accessible to like just mm-hmm. open that app and like keep swiping and go, oh, actually this person looks like more yeah. interesting and like more attractive and more open to like do things. But that's the thing. I don't feel that and I yeah. I've never have felt that yeah. because once you start paying attention to someone and once yeah. you find something about someone who you truly love. Yeah. Not everyone's as in-depth as you, look, though, I, I, I have <laughs> Some people are more superficial. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that being said, if someone is fulfilling yeah. all your needs, mm. why would you throw that away? Why because would... it can be addictive, though, I think. That, mm, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess, I'm... why do people cheat? Why yeah. do you... Why, why, why? We've discussed why people <laughs> cheat earlier, if you want to look at the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of which, where people, where can people find the podcast? You can find the podcast on the Sin website, of course, but you can also find it on the Omni app and on iTunes now. We We're just got approved. iTunes. Yay! Woo! Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we have talked about cheating before um, and why it happens. Yes. So, check out our podcast. But as to this, I would say that if you're happy with someone, I would... I would be very surprised if someone would be tempted to try being promiscuous if all their needs were being solved. Mm. I would say that the only reason why they would want to be promiscuous in that sense is mm. if their needs weren't actually being solved, in yeah. which case they have some self-discovery to do. Yeah. And that goes back to cheating as well, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's more, it's more like when you are going, starting to date someone and if they make one mistake now, it's the end of it mm. and that's really sad mm. rather than like we have no leeway mm. and I'm not saying that like there are some things where there shouldn't be any leeway mm. like if someone is abusive to you yeah, uh, emotionally or physically or offensive or offensive way. or if someone stops you trying to be who you are mm. or if someone says you know what um, I don't like hanging around with your friends I don't want to hang around with your friends so but I want to be with you all the time that is also abusive because it actually prevents you from being yourself around your friends. Mm-hmm. So there are some things where it's okay to have no leeway and to go, no, I, I need this. But for things outside of that, like your, your, da- your online dating profile is not your solution to all mm. your dating problems. Yeah. And that's something re- that's really important to think about when you are dating. Should I be dating? Am I feeling good enough? to love someone and to put effort in to someone else. And 
uh, if I'm not good enough to do that, then maybe I shouldn't. And if I am doing it, I need to be aware of how I'm treating the people that I meet and if I am actually meeting anyone. Um, and I would say if you aren't comfortable with meeting someone, then you probably not really shouldn't really be on a dating website. <laughs> like that's kind of the point, chatting and then meeting up. Yeah. I feel yeah, like it's sure. almost um, in this day and age an expectation for a lot of the time to be on Tinder and to be on these dating apps, especially if you're single. Yeah. And mm. I think that can be almost just a, a reaction for people to be on these apps, not for the sake of actually engaging on them. Like, like I, I did the pressure. same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I downloaded Tinder thinking, oh, everyone else is doing it. Maybe I should. It's the same reason I downloaded Snapchat and the same, same reason I was on Facebook. And like I was playing with it for a while and I was like, you know what? This really isn't me. Like this just doesn't suit who I am. I'm not really mm. like looking to date at this time. Cu- point in time but also i'm not really looking for the, the dtf mentality that does sometimes <laughs> surround tinder and other dating apps but it just didn't suit me at the time that being said if you do want to check it out and you can't be bothered with actually dating make a really funny fake account i once yeah. found an account that was all the picture was was a picture a giant tub of nutella covered in a, a golden satin blanket on a bed saying do you feel uh do you feel like some chocolate tonight as their thing. And I was like, how can I not swipe right? How can I not <laughs> say this is great? Because it was. Yeah, it hilarious. Was great. Acknowledge it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we did talk about um, some issues there that might have brought up something for you. If you are struggling with difficult relationships or any form of abuse, um, you can contact these numbers Beyond Blue on 1300 224636, Kids Helpline on 1800 55 1800. Lifeline on 131114. And we've also got the National Sex Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Service on 1800RESPECT. So uh, 1800-7377-328 if you are in need of some help at this time. Um, All right, we are going to head to a song now, but when we come back, um, we're going to share with you some funny Tinder bios and also um, talk a little bit about online Tinder identities as well. Um, And if you would like to chuck us any questions or quips of any time, head on over to our Tumblr account at thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. Yeah, or send us a tweet at Naughty Rude. Get in touch. We love having people talk to us about (laughs) spicy meatballs and other jokes that will never die. Yeah, Uh, send us a meme. (laughs) Erin will like it. I love memes. I'm here all year. Please send me memes. (laughs) Especially if they're sexy memes. Oh, yeah. That's what we're about here. That'd be great. We could do with some more sexy memes. Put it on the Facebook page. I will. Sweet. We'll have a forum. A forum. (laughs) A forum for sexy memes. Sounds great. Great. All right, coming up now, we've got a song from Kesha, We Are Who We Are. Uh, This is the Naughty Rich Show on Sin 90.7. And I think that's very relevant tonight. We are who we are. Absolutely. We've very, gotten, very relevant. <laughs> we've gotten so deep into our own selves. We have to find a way of pulling ourselves out. We've made some revelations. Um, you are listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7, and um, you're with Erin, John, and Elsie tonight, I myself being Elsie. Um, but to lighten the mood a little bit, I'm going to run quickly through some um, fantastic Tinder bios. They are absolute gold. So the first one comes from Kayleen. Um I enjoy long walks on the beach, except I can't walk and the sand Fs up my tyres. 
That's good. Uh, so clearly in a wheelchair there, um, which is just brilliant. Well done, Kayleen. Props to you. Um, the second one's from James. Um, I like long walks on the beach as well. Classic one. With my girlfriend until the... LSD wears off and I realise I'm just dragging along a stolen mannequin around the Wendy's parking lot. (laughs) Wow. That's a little bit dark. (laughs) Um, Another one is, damn boy, you must be my GPA because I know I can do better. I'm just too lazy to actually try. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But my my personal favourite is our relationship should be like the Nintendo 64 classic fun to spend hours with and every issue can easily be fixed by blowing on it and then shoving it back in. <laughs> Love it. Anyone Love who's it. a fan of the Nintendo 64 will um will yeah, that will bring back some memories, I'm sure. Jeez, you have to be about like my age or like 2 years younger to remember that. It was probably yeah. It's one of the best consoles of all time. Yeah. You should totally listen to Player One and what they think of it. Like, I'll definitely <laughs> listen to Player One on a Friday night. Ever. Yeah, I think Player One's on Sin Nation. Sin Nation, is it six o'clock? I can't remember. Totally check on on the Sin website. Go to Sin Nation and you'll be able to see it. It is one of the uh, flagships. Yeah. There's so many cool shows on Sin. I love Sin. Get around it, guys. Yeah, we are also on Sin, in case you hadn't <laughs> we noticed. We are on Sin right now. Right you now. You were listening to Sin as we speak. If you didn't know that's what you were listening to, you now do. <laughs> um, all right, so some questions from you guys here, um, just to wrap up the end of our show. Um, uh, the first one is, I'd like the idea of sleeping with girls, but I've never tried it and have no real urge to, does this mean I'm bisexual or just not fussed? Um, So they like the idea of sleeping with girls but have no real urge to? I think the the issue is just the person hasn't um, identified whether they... But what their gender is, what they identify, mm. so that makes us difficult um, to identify. In fact, if you are feeling bisexual or if you do identify as that, but you know, my my big thing with with this sort of thing is that you shouldn't feel any pressure to label yourself. Mm. Um, you should feel the right to explore uh, whatever it is that you would like to explore in in your sexuality. Be that with the people you're sleeping with and the gender they are and the, the sexual preference that you both share or your own sexuality as well um but i would say yeah don't if you have no real urge to definitely don't like and there's every possibility that maybe you're not really ever going to be attracted to girls or maybe you won't be for quite a few years time maybe you haven't hit puberty yet and those hormones haven't kicked in or maybe you'll be attracted to boys or both um which if you are attracted to both that is um bisexuality um for anybody wondering what bisexuality is you may um, be even attracted to more than just boys and girls yeah. you might be attracted to people with uh, more more uh, exotic genders in which case you'll be pansexual mm. that's the uh, definition between bisexual and pansexual if you were ever wondering you might just appreciate people for people i yeah. guess as well yeah. is what comes from that definition so don't try and pigeonhole yourself or um or try and figure it out too quickly just just go with the flow <laughs> yeah if you want to try it uh, if you want to try it and when you want to try it then try it. If you don't want to try it, don't bother. That being said, I'm a heterosexual male and I would like to vouch that having sex with women is a wonderful experience. (laughs) They tend to have these amazing things called curves. So good. And they're soft and they're gentle. It's great. And plushy. 
And plushy, yeah. More cushion for the pushing, hey? <laughs> exactly. And they look cute some of the times, though some of them don't like being called cute. So calling them beautiful is probably a better way to go. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, no, totally. If, if you're interested, then give it a go. Why not? Absolutely. Why not? If you're of age. If, yes, if you're of age. <laughs> yeah, Just yeah. Slide that That's <laughs> probably true. Probably don't have sex before you're 16. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Even the, the the two year honeymoon, I mean, what's the two year sweetheart thing that they have going? Oh. If you're so, if your partner is sixteen and <coughs> you're fourteen, it's legally okay um, for you to have uh, sexual relationships if you're in a relationship. Um, so the the laws are a little bit flexible here. Mm. Um, it gets a bit more difficult, I think, once you're in that sixteen, mm. eighteen. Yeah, yeah. A bit hazy. exactly. Mm. So. I would I would say to think about it seriously about whether or not you should. And there's a reason as well that yeah. those age um, restrictions are there. Like um, as much as you think you might know what's best, um, a few years down the track you might look back and think, "Oh, what was I thinking?" Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you're well informed before you do go into these things for P- sure. Particularly yeah. considering these sorts of legal uh, problems can be traced. They're they're trace backable. So if mm. someone says. Oh, I was um, I I was a victim of statutory rape, which is the technical term here, mm. um, and I would like to say that that I word I don't like to use, um, uh, but that is the technical term. Mm-hmm. Um, they can do that retrospectively, so they you they could be twenty one and you could be twenty four, and you could have gotten together when one of you was fifteen and one of you was eighteen. Yeah, totally. And if they say, look, this happened. They have something that they can use against you in a legal in mm. a legal sense later, and that's not fun. So you should very seriously consider it. Uh, consider what you're doing um, in in that sort of situation. Yeah, for sure. And if this has brought up any issues for you, um, please call. Beyond Blue on 1322 The Kids Helpline is also available on 1-800-55-1800 um, and Lifeline as well is at 131114. Um, we are going to chuck to the next question, our lucky last for the evening, um, which is, hey guys, loving the show. Thank you very much, lovely listener. Kind. <laughs> we put effort in. <laughs> um, what are some of your biggest sex tips and what were some of your cringiest moments in bed? Guys, any massive sex tips that, like, no one's ever thought of before has never been put in a <laughs> cosmopolitan magazine on Earth? Oh, right? Oh, wow. That's that's hard because, uh, yeah. like... Yeah, narrows I was gonna it down s- a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say kissing in the dark's really fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, that is like... Good. Yeah, then it becomes this heightened whole, like... Heightened senses. Like, heightened senses, yeah. Pitch, yeah. pitch black is, is very fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, what, what else is... I will, I will stress one thing just before we go on. We're not actually experts. We're just... No. People who have sex. And also, um, like, things change for different people as yeah. well. Like, mm. what works for one person definitely doesn't work for the next, so... For example, tying one person up might be lots of fun. Tying yep. the other person up might be really, really scary. Yeah. So, be sensitive and, and if it's really, really scary, go, okay, we're not doing that again. Let's watch a movie. Mm. Um, and then, hope, hopefully, later down the track, you might get lucky in the same day. But that's okay because they'll like you for the fact that you were sensitive later and you'll get lucky maybe in the next week. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a good tip to come from that, and we know we've said it a million times, but listen to each other and communicate. 
It's probably my biggest sex tip of all time. I was going to say that yeah. as well. Yeah. Listen and communicate. It actually does like wonders. Um, mm. I was reading an article um, last week actually about like communication and sex and um, it was really, really insightful, um, especially when you think about like how far you kind of go when you're first having sex, you first start having sex with somebody and then like a few months down the track, like how much different that is. And that's because you're like practicing and communicating and mm. like letting each other know what works and what doesn't and you're finding out new things and mm. it's all very exciting. It's totally okay to ask for something yeah. as long as you're okay yep. with, with the reaction being, no, I'm not comfortable with that and go, okay, let's try something else fun. Mm. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, so if you're like, oh, let's try this crazy idea and if the other person's down, then you might discover something really beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, that being said, like, don't also, also don't feel pressured that if they say, let's try something that you should say yes. Mm. Um you can totally, it's okay to say no. Um, and I would suggest that, though, if you do say no, be like, let's give this other thing a go. And at least that way there's more conversation rather than yeah. just awkwardly ending it on, uh, no, sorry. And then both of you just sort of sitting there going, well. That's a bit sad. Yeah, now we're both <laughs> naked and have nothing to do. Twiddling mm. the thumbs. Can <laughs> to scrabble anywhere? No. <laughs> Quick, get a board game. Okay, and that is definitely a cringe-worthy moment in bed. So, any more of those guys that uh, um, have just left you going, curling up into a ball and going, can I please go home now? <laughs> oh, when I first started having sex, um, my girlfriend got really embarrassed about queefing. Now, if you're not sure what this is, it is when air escapes a woman's genitals and it makes a fart sound, which is kind of funny when you think about it in hindsight. Um, like all farts are. Yeah, like all farts are. Farts, farts are hilarious. Are hilarious. Um, but it's something that's embarrassing when you first get it. But w- when it happens afterwards, you realize that you're having sex and sex is awesome and you don't really care. Um, so don't worry about that cringeworthy moment. You'll probably be like, ha, 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 queefing. Sex right in itself as, as an entity is quite embarrassing if you really think about it. I mean, you have to be pretty open to laugh at everything that ever happens because then how are you supposed to... Like, you don't want to end up sitting playing Scrabble naked on the bed together. Like, no. you want to be able to come back from those queefing situations. Look, I would be totally okay if playing Scrabble on the bed if I could get a triple letter score and a double <laughs> word score with Zebra. That would be awesome. I would kill Scrabble. <laughs> Everybody would like, cower before my nakedness. I feel like you've thought about this before. Yeah, way, way too much. <laughs> I, I just love board games. I just love board games. Wow. So, like, naked Scrabble, I'm down. Let's do it. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> With that, what a that note would be cringeworthy. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, yeah, I don't really have too many, actually, other than being walked in on, which I talked about on, I think, the first show yeah. um, this season. Um, but, yeah, no. I've, I've been walked in on by friends before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've kind of all just high-fived and got on with it. High-fived from the bed. <laughs> yes. No, I'm quite serious. <laughs> I looked past my partner's head and went, yeah, cool. You guys can leave now. Yeah, go. <laughs> Shut the door on your way out. Um I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> That's good. I w- that is really good. Yeah. I, I would say sex is not something it's, that is actually embarrassing, even though it seems it. Um, mm. It's totally normal. In order for you to have ex- exist, someone must have done it. 
<laughs> so, like, it's not that embarrassing. Everybody's not a good thing to it. think about too much, though, your parents having sex. Yeah, you don't want to go back that far. I have walked in on my parents having sex when I was quite young, and that wasn't fun. That's that cringeworthy. Was, yeah, that wasn't a good time. But, um, you know, we all got over it. Yeah. We had exactly. dinner together the next day and just <laughs> laughed it off. <laughs> all right on that note guys we will see you next week um next week you are going to be having some lovely fresh hosts um but as always you can send some questions into them at the naughty forward slash ask hit them up on twitter at naughty rude and um all the rest i think we're on facebook as well aren't we yeah we are yeah. like us on facebook uh, the naughty rude show is yeah. our Facebook name. And, so. and do me a personal favour. Send them some really fun, interesting questions. Yeah, we'll be listening. We'll be-, be Exactly. I, I want to listen in and just hear them struggle to answer. That'll yeah. be great. <laughs> you will make my night. Well, uh, Before we round up, guys, do you have anything that you would like to plug here at Sin or elsewhere before you say your goodbyes? Um, not too much, really. I'm actually working on a documentary at the moment about transgender youth homelessness, but oh, wow. um, still in the works at the moment. So um, we will be having an Indiegogo page up um, in the next few months, hopefully. But um, nothing, nothing to direct you to at the moment. Just That's keep your okay. eyes on the horizon. That's interesting. <laughs> That's super interesting. I think, yeah. Um, I'm doing. I do a show on. Saturday mornings on Sin Nation, which is the digital radio station. Mm-hmm. It's, you probably won't be able to listen to it unless you have a digital radio and they're kind of expensive. So totally Ooh, check you out. you can listen on the Sin website. Yeah. yeah. Sin. Sin. Yeah. You can stream live. Yeah. yeah. You can. You just press the Nation button up the top and it'll start streaming Sin Nation. Basically, Pathways is a show about the transition between the end of your education and getting into the workforce, um, whether or not that's by... Uh, finding a job or by starting up your own industry or whatever and just the lots of different pathways that people can take um so i the aim of it is to try and give you tools to try and get you work if you so need it or want it um but yeah listen in it's 10 to 11 p.m but i also wouldn't be right for me to end this show without saying thank you to my wonderful uh, other co-hosts and also our executive producer. Oh, oh stop you. it. We, we, have, we have had some great conversations we here. Have. Um, so definitely tune in for the next group because yeah. it's undoubtedly going to be just as good. And if you can't do want to listen to us more, you can listen to our podcast. Yeah. yeah, definitely. If you did miss any episodes, you can head to iTunes and find the Naughty Rude Show Sin. Um, you can also listen on Omni. Um, and if you go to our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter, I'll be sharing those regularly. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to find us somehow, somewhere. It's all good. There's also playlists of everything we've played, which is pretty cool. And we've played some pretty good music. Mm. 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 So check it out. (laughs) The times, the times. All right. We are out of time tonight, though, guys. We hope you have a lovely evening. Um, But we are going to head to another song and songs for the rest of the night for you to jam out to. But um, if you have school tomorrow, go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) It has been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. You can listen to The Naughty Rude Show live from 8 to 10 on Sin 90.7 FM. So, so, so scandalous.